Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessing, folks. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Ah, how quickly we can do it. (laughs) Just think about it. How quickly we can sit there and say something uh, which is of the Lord and is so correct and so biblically correct and brings life, brings joy. How quickly we can turn and then say something that is straight from the devil's mouth himself. You say, I've never done that. I dare say that we have before. We just didn't know it. Let me remind you where we are. We're in the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Remember what we read in the previous episode about what was happening. Let me just read this real quick. Verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, but still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So what has Simon acknowledged right here? He says, You are the Christ. You're the anticipated Messiah. You are the anointed one. You're the Son of the very living God. And then Jesus verifies and says, yeah, you got the right answer there. You are correct. This is who I am. Verse six, uh, 17. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. So you think that's pretty encouraging there for Peter, right? The things that were said and the insight that he was given, not only to Peter but to the church. And again, we talked in the last episode about the debate between that. We won't get into that right now. Again, it is significant to understand the geographical location and really the theological messaging that Jesus was giving by literally going to Caesarea Philippi, standing at the base of Mount Hermon, Bashan, and declaring, okay, declaring that the gates of hell are not going to be victorious. Again, the gates are not the aggressor. The aggressor is the kingdom of God, and the gates will not be able to withstand the kingdom of God. So watch this. Press on verse 21 of Matthew 16. From that time onward, okay? So from that time onward, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. So look what Jesus is doing. It says from that time from this time of showing them uh, the spiritual battle that we are in, that they were entering into, from that time of declaring that the gates of hell would not prevail at the, from the onslaught of the kingdom of God, from then on, 
he starts telling his disciples, hey, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be killed, and I'm going to be raised up on the third day. That's the big picture. How's that going to happen? He says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer. I want to suffer many things. And notice, the suffering of many things is from the religious rulers. Okay, from the religious rulers, from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes. And he says, I'm going to be killed, and I will be raised up on the third day. He tells them point blank what's going to happen to him. Now, watch this. The next verse. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. <laughs> okay, rebuke him. What does the word rebuke mean? It means to censure him, to sternly warn him. Peter takes Jesus aside and begins to rebuke Jesus and says this to him. God forbid, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Peter does something here, and I've mentioned this several times, but don't forget this. Peter does something that you simply can't do. He basically says this, Lord, no. If he's Lord, you don't tell him no. If you tell him no, he's not Lord. But he's saying, God forget, forbid. And it does sort of carry the idea here. Uh, May the Lord be merciful upon you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. He is telling Jesus that he's wrong. And what Jesus has been teaching, no, that's not going to happen. So how did Jesus handle this? He just say, well, that's just Peter being Peter. A little impetuous, a little foot in the mouth kind of thing. No. Verse 23, our last verse of the day. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. This is Peter, who just a few verses before, like over in the Mark account, I think it's only like three or four verses later. Okay? So it's in the same flow of the conversation. When uh, Peter's sister says, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. Now he's looking at him. And saying, God forbid, this is never going to happen. No. Jesus had looked at Peter and says, you're blessed. The Father is the one that revealed this to you. You've heard from God. Now Jesus is looking at Peter and saying, get behind me, Satan. (coughs) So was Peter actually Satan himself? Did Satan come in and inhabit Peter at that time? Was Peter the personification of Satan? No, I don't think any of that thing happened out there. I think he did what we do way too readily and too easily. He spoke the words of Satan. The word of Satan is to deny the word of God. That goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. First thing that came out of Satan's mouth to Eve was, did God really say so? Did he really say this? And the answer is, yeah, he really did say it. Peter was going against the word of the Lord, and Jesus called him on it. He says, get behind me, Satan, get lost. I'm not going to listen to the word of the adversary, of the word of the resistor. The word of the one that would come against me, no. And then he describes what happens with this. He says, hey, Peter, you're a stumbling block to me. He's gone from professing this great declaration of faith to now being a stumbling block in just a few moments' time, folks. Why? He says, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but 
own man's. Boy, did Jesus did not did he not just cut to the bottom line right there? Even within the true body of Christ, we have a serious problem with this. That we do not set our mind on God's interests. We do not set our mind on seeking the mind of the Lord. We set our mind on man's interest. And more often than not, it's man's interest in the name of God, in the name of seeking to please God, in the name of seeking to do things for God, in the name of seeking to fulfill those very things that God has called us to do. But we do it with man's interest in man's way. And ultimately, it fails, folks. And then we keep doing it over and over and over. We really need to heed the words of the Lord right here. Start seeking the mind of the Lord and not responding and speaking the words of Satan. Don't be a stumbling block to the Lord Jesus Christ. Set your mind on God's interest. That's the bottom line, folks. Set your mind on God's interest, not man's. Well, again, I'm Dale. Hey, thank you all so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode.